0: Again, episode eleven. We've had eleven full conversations. This is evidence.
1: Yes. Lucky number eleven. I like that number.
0: I do too. It's very like symmetrical and parallel. Penny's here again.
1: That's a good one.
0: Can't uh can't get anything by Penny. Um so it's good to see your face again.
1: Yeah. Glad you're settled
0: settled into Kentucky.
1: Yeah, notice my uterus on the wall.
0: I saw notice that. Uterus on the wall. It's it's a little um, it's a little disorienting for me. Uh, I don't see a second ovary, but it just could could be that it's like it's like, am I looking at it at an angle? Like, what what's there?
1: Yeah, it's like it should appear off the canvas somewhere. I'm not sure. It was just yeah. the artist. Yeah. yeah.
0: So yeah. the artist decided to go with just what's else one. Um. Okay. So, uh, sorry, my wife interrupted. We're we're trying to sell our RV, the one that we went to visit you in, and um, and uh, we're trying to get the generator going. So, anyways, yeah, Um No problem. Yeah. So that uterus would be great if it had a left parametrium with adnexa, but it doesn't. It just has just a little dangler on the right side there. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that must be disturbing for you. I can't say I honestly had ever looked at it that closely. You know, I just it's just, it just kind of it's driving it me crazy over here. <laughs> Should I turn the camera? Gosh, I can't take that
0: photo on the wall. <laughs> Let's see. Where's the other you at Nexa? No, it's fine. Look at By the way, oils. you know. have the greatest supply of essential oils I've ever seen in my life. I didn't even know there were that many smells in the world.
1: There are that many smells, and there's uh, many more. I think I don't have, so that someday you can check them out. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: you're collecting them like Pokemon.
1: Yeah, can never have enough. I guess medicine, medicine in all forms. Got to
0: catch them all. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, well, what's the what's, what's the new? topic?
0: Oh, oh so mian. we're going to talk today. We're going to talk about the uh, the gifting model.
1: Hmm. Yeah. I'm not sure that 17 minutes is enough. So we'll have to give our shortish version with maybe more later. I'm guessing, I don't know. I'm guessing maybe I'm feeling overwhelmed by it in some moments, just, you know, like the explanation and how we're, how we're playing with it in our own lives. It's really cool and fun to talk about.
0: Yeah. So the, yeah. So the gifting economy you and I both have, we've kind of flipped scripts on it, right? Like I think initially you were sort of of the mindset that like I can't give my time away for free. And I'm using those words because that's how most people think of the gifting model, like f- giving free. away things right. for free, right. That's, right. That's, that's what the people, that, that's what the notion is. But you know, there's a guy named Charles Eisenstein, you introduced me to his work um, through the coronation essay um, back early in the pandemic, early in 2020, but I had actually heard about him before because of a book that he wrote called "Sacred Economics." And I right. hadn't made the connection until I read his essay and got digging into his work. But you know, even before that, at Burning Man, um, which is this this sort of city that is built in the middle of the desert in Nevada every year for a week, one of the main principles, probably one of the defining principles, is gifting. And what, what that means is that if you're at Burning Man, there's a timer going off in the background. I'm sorry. It's the turkey in the oven. Um, <laughs> there's always something fun here. We only have three people in our house, and I can keep things not even <laughs> a, slightly quiet, and you are just amazing. Um, so so at Burning Man, gifting is a, a primary principle. You bring everything that you need into the desert, and then any You also keep in mind that other people are going to need things. So you just bring an abundance of resources, right? You bring tools, you bring extra water, you bring extra food. And whenever somebody needs something, you've got that thing that they need. As a doctor, I would always bring like a whole pharma, sort of like range of pharmaceuticals, a little pharmacy with me. And inevitably, somebody needs that thing that you brought, right? So, So this idea of gifting for me started off with the idea that like, okay, if a person walks into my clinic, let's say, I don't have a clinic anymore, but if they walk into my clinic and they're looking for healing, then me as the healer in my community provides that at no cost. But it's not free, and that's the distinction. It's provided because that's the thing that I give, that, that I provide. And as a result of me providing the thing that I provide, Everybody else provides the things that they have provided, that they have, uh, that they're able to provide. And then we, in taking a big step back, we realize that, oh my gosh, if everybody just gives what they have, we have an abundance of resources. Hmm. So that's where this notion of the gift economy um, became, I think, very popular amongst some people. And for me, as a person who has a full salary, I can afford to give time away because I have a full salary backing up like my actual physical needs, right? Yeah. So before I talk about like what I'm doing now, which is a bit of a flip of that script, what was your initial impression of what a gifting economy looked like?
1: Hmm. Yeah, you're not wrong. When I was clued into what you were trying, at least at the time, yeah. I didn't quite understand it. And I felt kind of like protective of you in a sense like, oh no, like you can't just give things away for free because energy needs to be exchanged. And I Mm -hmm. think that's still, at least to me, I think that's like 100% true. I was misunderstanding though, like you said about the free. Although, you know, I was thinking back just in my own life and specifically with midwifery clients that I've done that before. Like, of course, just naturally that's come up with some people and I was thinking back on how that felt or how it worked. And I don't know that it ever was phrased as as free, but it was, yeah, like an act of kindness in a sense. And when I think back on those couple of situations, they were so amazing, like mm. the people were amazing and the births were amazing and it didn't feel free and it didn't feel like I had lost anything. So. You know, over time, I guess you put these little tidbits together, and and that book has been helpful. And listening mm-hmm. to Charles mm-hmm. Eisenstein in general, like just talk more about it because it's so much more nuanced than, oh, it's free, or oh, you always give and and you don't ever need money, or you give to everyone. Like these are all things that have come up lately right. to you know, cause me to talk to you about it. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, how does this work? And I don't know that anyone has the answer, but like these conversations are really helpful for like how we want to try it out, how we want to experiment with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that there's some really, just like with anything, there's a, there are important lessons to be taken from nature, right? Like nature, Mother Nature, Mother Earth, Gaia. I'm talking about like the mythical goddess that provides the apples on the tree outside. There's an abundance of calories and nutrients and vitamins and minerals in the fruits of Gaia. There's, there's all kinds of food out there, right? That can be foraged and eaten. But like, let, let's look at that apple tree. You go to that apple tree and you eat an apple and that is a gift from Mother Earth, right? So you are, are being gifted this bounty that is nourishing your body, and Mother Nature asks nothing in return. But if you start to take more apples than you are actually able to eat, and you start trying to sell it for a profit and protect that tree with barbed wire and preventing other people from having it, you've now thrown off the energetic balance. So you or any animal in you know out in the wild does not overfeed on its food source Right, it takes that as a gift, and it re- and it and it reciprocates in some other way. Now, in nature, it's a lot more complicated, but as people, we have a fiat dollar with a an old white guy on it that says oh. this has value based on somebody saying it has value, right? Like like a bad piece of art. Like who cares if that's? Who cares that that's a Picasso or whatever? I don't like Picasso's work, so why would I pay f- you know five million dollars for his his piece of artwork? There's this fiat currency that is based on literally nothing apart from a perceived value. Well, in the healing interaction between a a healer and the person seeking to be healed, what would it look like if you took this value system away and you actually replaced it with a truly non-transactional experience whereby you, Mare, and my patient are going to be healed by me and I'm actually providing you with my gift. It's not free. It's not a 1-hour consultation is free and then, you know, you're paying out huh. the wazoo for the rest of your life. It's I am gifting you with the thing that I have to give. And you are going to reciprocate because that's important to you. And if you don't reciprocate and you take advantage of that, then that's when the energetics fall, fall out of balance, which is just the same example I gave with the apple tree.
1: Right? And that can happen. That can happen in this model. People may not feel grateful, right? And, And to be transparent, one thing that's come up for me is releasing the expectation around not even someone giving monetarily because I'm not expecting that but even in appreciation, right? Or just like, oh, you really helped me and I've found that I really need to <laughs> to look at that and not expect it because then that also throws off the balance. So it has to be a giving with no expectation of yeah. how it will be returned exactly right. or when, right? And it might not be that person. Like that's the ideal in a sense that the universe will mm. give back to you or your community will give back to you, that it's not that individual because they may not have whatever and you know especially if it's money like that might not be the way that they exchange energy um so it's a releasing of like a lot of old patterns and ways we've been taught and and you know ways you do a business and ways you provide right. um you're having right. to question all of it which is really cool i love that
0: yeah it's uh it's quite I mean, this is like the, like we're getting into the deepest sort of crevices of what human interaction sort of means, I think, in a lot of ways, because even when we say, like, people listen to Bob Marley and they're like, one love, baby, yeah, right? And then they get pissed at somebody for cutting them off in traffic. Well, like, what Bob Marley and, and I mean, what, what a lot of people, um, I hate to bring up like the new age thing. Like but <laughs> you and I were actually talking about this right before we recorded, but when people are like, you know, namaste, like it it doesn't if it doesn't come off as genuine, then it isn't then it isn't real, you know? Uh-huh. Like but but what is real is is a like a genuine interaction between two people who are looking to exchange in a, in a very again, very genuine way that like I have this thing and I want to give it to you. Like there's healing In liberation, in just being able to give the thing that you have Mm. to somebody else, yeah. And so, you know, I've given my shirt off my back to people who are friends who are like, "I really like your shirt," and it's like, "Gosh, this shirt means less to me than it does to you," and I want this to be something that you think about whenever you look at you're in the mirror and you're wearing this shirt, and that means a lot to people. You know, like I don't do it though because I want you to know. That I'm generous. I do it because this is something that I genuinely I know that you like this shirt, and I want you to really, really appreciate this shirt. So just like with back to the Bob Marley allegory, it's like when we say that I love you or that I respect you, or hey, I see that you're in pain and like let's hug it out. Like, if that's not genuine, it it's it's just a you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. And that's where this whole fiat business bullshit kind of came out of which it doesn't feel right it doesn't feel real it doesn't feel like there's really community here but gifting is really based on this platform of community where Mm. we have to depend on one another just like every organism out in 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 nature outside of our silos our four walls of our house that's how this whole thing works and we're so far removed from that you know
1: sure so far right this and i mean i have to quote charles eisenstein right just because he is the one i've heard speak Mm -hmm. the most about the illusion of separation i think that's just like the perfect phrase you know and that's exactly what you're talking about if you have to talk about how we're all one then it's possible that like you're not embodying it right it's Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. that song um but that's where this giving is stemming from too is that you know we Are all connected, so it's not even giving, it's also receiving, and then playing with all of that and realizing where we're also blocked in those ways, too. That it, it can be hard to receive or be open to it, even just from the universe. You know, right? It doesn't mean you're going to get something, it just means being aware like you're receiving all the time, you're receiving life, and air, and water, and you know, right? But it's challenging, it's challenging to like break the old illusion
0: it's an illusion that's exactly right that's a beautifully beautifully put yeah i mean i so i live in louisville and it's a very segregated city just like a lot of cities in the midwest where there was a working class and there was the richer whiter suburbs and um which is still i guess working class i mean i don't know the the, the classes have been totally disrupted but i can say that i comfortably live in a suburban almost entirely white community and when the whole like blm thing broke out i remember sitting in my backyard with a fire with a glass of wine and realizing like as long as there are people suffering in my city who don't have anything to eat that are living under under overpasses i don't know if i can be completely comfortable sitting here drinking my wine now that's not to say that everybody needs to be a bleeding heart um liberal looking to reform progressively reform our society so that everybody is living in some sort of socialist utopia. That's not what this is about. But as long as we have such inequality in the world and we are so disconnected from other people, it's not possible for you to actually live out the full potential of your of your soul's contract. Like this is, we are truly all one. And that's not a, it's not, I'm not trying to get too metaphysical. Um, it just makes it very, very hard to, to believe that, oh, if you put in the hard work and made the sacrifice that's sitting at the, in the castle on the top of the hill in some sort of feudalistic dystopia, that you're actually going to be satisfied and happy in life, right? Um, and in many ways, I think the, the healthcare system in particular, since you and I both work in healthcare, the healthcare system does not in any way incentivize just doing the right thing and just wanting to give your gifts away. Right, like there's no financial incentive or structure for that to make sense. But most health care professionals are like, oh, "Fuck it, you know what? If you can't pay, like, I want to give this to you because I know that you need it. And if you don't have it, then then somehow my contract is not going to be fulfilled." Mm, yeah. By the way, feel free to push back on anything I'm saying. I just uh, I think a oh, lot of yeah.
1: stuff. Right. No, there's a lot to think about. Yeah, well, to quote Charles Eisenstein again, or at least sort of quote, I loved what I heard him say, which Mm -hmm. is the obvious, and you've already said it, like the amount of money you have does not make you happy. And when you're on your deathbed, what would feel the best to most people is to know what they've given, you know, to know what lives they may have influenced or changed. And that was just like, so beautiful and poignant because obviously you can't take it with you so even if it's for that simple fact you know even if you're like well i don't know if we're all one or whatever it's like well in the end um you can't transfer all your material stuff so while you have it keep the energy flowing which again (laughs) i think is another sticking point like you know we're taught to save money and and while i think some of that is still just like part of the way we have to live right um but i've even challenged myself on that you know is it there's another part that's like well where where am i holding on to these things that i think are mine yeah yeah right Right? what
0: do you actually even own i mean you and jason have taken a very different path but like you don't own shit right like all that you have is the people that are in your life and how you treat them that's literally your only agency The only thing you really have control over is how do you treat the people that are in your community?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I have to, I haven't really shared this with you, I don't think, but in trying the gift model here so far, I mean, it's very new and I don't really know a lot of people yet, but just minimally offering it um, has felt so good. It's really changed the dynamics between i mean some of you will identify with midwife or doctor or whatever with the people you're working with it's totally changed who feels responsible it's changed the way i do things i mean i could go on and on with just the love that it's put into it and and the return already from these lovely people with just you know gifting whatever they have um, because they're grateful and i can really feel that that's true that they're not even giving just to give back they're feeling really grateful. So, you know, more to come on that. I don't have too many case studies, uh, but so far it's, it's totally something I would stick with. Not all across the board, because yes, we do need money to feed our children, but as we're talking about, just kind of like on select basis and, and just playing with it. Back to that.
0: Yeah. And so, so you kind of had a flip. You went from not really believing in giving things away. I'm using air quotes on my end, but you kind of believed in that. And then you kind of went to a, hey, what if I actually do completely relinquish the control over, over the the energetic inflow and outflow and just gave and gave and gave? What would come back, right? And I was okay. experiencing that sort of in the side work I was doing. And then I decided, man, if I'm going to step out of the system, which we talked about in the last episode, I still need to make money. I've still got all this debt. Like, How am I going to make this work? So I decided to do like a hybrid model. And I will tell you, People are so generous when you actually are just like when you're you're genuinely giving them your time and your energy and your focus. And I mean there is the the lack of compassion within the conventional medical model. When when you meet somebody like you or I I think like me, who is just there really wanting to do the right thing, that's an invaluable experience. That's so therapeutic in and of itself, just to have somebody to hold your hand and say, I see you. Like Let's be here together in this place. Like, that's all that we have, Marin, to get Right. I love that. And it works. I mean, I it I see works. you. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I see you and I don't want anything from you.
0: Right. I don't want <laughs> anything also, from you. Which <laughs>
1: also, yeah, it takes people a little to, like, even get used to it, you know? It's like, well, what, what is really going on here, you know? There's some skepticism. What's the catch? Exactly. Exactly well we've reached our 20 minute mark and Penny is looking adorable so I don't know I feel like we could definitely continue this uh some other time if we want to just because that barely scratched the surface but it may have given people I don't know some cool cool things to think about
0: yeah I mean I mean really I think we you're right we did just scratch the surface and I think deep down here what we're talking about is is that this is again Charles Eisenstein but we have the opportunity, we have the, the, imagine if we all just piled all of our resources into a pile in the center. Every person you know, if we all said, hey, we're in this together, everybody else on the planet's dead, what has everybody got? Imagine how just in my garage, all the stuff that I have that would be duplicate in everybody else's garage. Like we don't need to completely run the the resources of this planet dry so that we all have our shit. If you just were able to endure engage in a way that it's like listen here's what i've got and then everybody else did that same thing like in burning man here's what i've got imagine the pile of stuff we would have and the amount of resources we would have to make a better world like we have it we don't have to just silo away our wealth and our resources and our knowledge and our compassion like we can actually share we can actually be present and not have to worry about this other superficial stuff that doesn't matter anyways like you said at the end of our lives
1: yeah yeah the excess for sure, and all of that stuff, and then the opportunity mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. show the world like your creativity, which is really what God yeah, you're giving away like wh- what what artist makes art to just like stuff it in a drawer, you know like really the point of creation mm-hmm. is to share and to show and to you know see people receive
0: yeah and be Mm.
1: grateful. So I'm so grateful to you for a million reasons, but you are truly one of the most generous people I know. So I, without a doubt, would say that, you know, these conversations and just knowing you as a person, I'm like, that has been a huge gift. So if you influence no one else, know that like, the way you are, has made a difference for us. And then, you know, going forward, it's like, hey, I want to I want to do that for people and I think it's contagious in that way. When you're grateful, you want to pay it forward. And that's that's sort of the theme, right?
0: I feel the same way about you and Jason. Just great people. Glad to have you in our lives.
1: Yeah, me too. All right. All right. It's a wrap in the books. (laughs) (laughs) Talk to you later. Talk
0: to you soon.